combined with the monotonous skills of workers created breeding grounds of centralized ideas and nationalistic attitudes. In other words, school became a factory. When I was in the 8th grade, my class was asked to go to the computer room, if you can remember those, and log on to an online service. The service asked us many questions. In other words, it forced us to plan out our high school's courses and decide what we wanted to be for the rest of our lives. As a 13-year-old boy, all I wanted to do was leave school and go home where I had video games and sodas. On that day, I was not prepared to plan out my future. Disgruntled and confused, I asked my teacher, why do we have to plan everything now? She answered with something that has stuck to me to this day. That's how it's always been done. Whether you're a fan of education or not, the methods by which it is administered have changed over the years. Unfortunately for all involved, these methods are not changing fast enough. In this episode, I want to take a look at a brief history of education, specifically how it incrementally changed over time and why it needs a complete overhaul in the 21st century. Let's start with the past. As any child who came home with boatloads of homework may have once thought to themselves, I wish there was no school. This child would be in it for a rude surprise. Before education, there existed ways to teach children and give them experience, beatings. Suppressing a child's playfulness and curiosity through beating them into submission was a tried and true approach. Thankfully for us, at least, ideas of public education were developing throughout Europe by the early 16th century. Towards the end of the 17th century, Germany had become the leader in schooling development and Massachusetts became the first colony to mandate schooling. Schooling was, at first, a place to create better workers. This is very important for our discussion of the future of education. The vital teachings in school were punctuality, following orders, long hours of tedious work, and subpar reading and writing skills. Moving forward, schooling transitioned into creating better soldiers and citizens. Teaching history, the us versus them approach, combined with the monotonous skills of workers created breeding grounds of centralized ideas and nationalistic attitudes. In other words, school became a factory. Instilled in children who partook in schooling were robotic priorities of memorization and repetition. There was no creativity, no play, no fun. The needs of the many, the adults, outweighed the needs of the few, the children. Moreover, the archaic practices that preceded early education, namely beatings, found their way into school settings. Not only were children subjected to barren ideas, rudimentary skills, and hollow lifestyles, they were also beaten into submission should they rebel or fall out of order. Moving on to the present. Towards the 19th and 20th centuries, schooling became more akin to what modern folk are accustomed to. Curriculums expanded to fit more. Knowledge widened, changed, and spread. The number of hours increased. Beatings lessened. Even the place of school expanded from just a classroom into the bedroom, the dining table, and the living room in the form of homework. What didn't change, however, was the factory-structured layout of schools and curriculums. The slow-moving, myopic, uncreative, and uncaring environments that cared not about the futures of the students but about the success of the students at the present moment. Prescience and or creativity was nowhere to be found. Students who successfully managed to abide by the educational standards lived close to mediocre lives. Those that didn't, or weren't able to, conform to the structure of this quasi-education became household names or household dwellers. Education wasn't and isn't a place of learning. It's a place of worship. To go against any of its teachings is blasphemous. To think you know better is sacrilegious. To attempt to spark different ideas is heresy. Translating this biblical preaching of sorts back into Gen Z colloquial language. Education is not updated for the times we live in. 
21st century education consists of minor adjustments to adapt to the modern world. Bringing in iPads, introducing coding assignments, and more are some of the ways that leaders in education institutions attempt to devise future-oriented learning and skill development. But it's all a facade. Whether you interpret this simply as a Gen Z complaining, or a passionate student who is upset at the frameworks designed and not updated, you have to admit something. There is a direct problem with modern education and it's not going to change anytime soon. In the future, what do students need to succeed in the 21st century? How should public schools adapt to the ever-changing world circumstances and job marketplace? Futurism, passion, creativity, and a top-down refresh are essential innovations that must take place. Let's knock these out one by one. Futurism is straightforward. Historians understand the past and can see how the dots connected. Futurists see how the dots are connecting and use this knowledge to frame possible futures. These skills overlap, but are very different. Futurists are needed to help curriculums update and advance, not incrementally, exponentially. Advances in artificial intelligence, robotics, biotechnology, genetic modification, space exploration, nanotechnology, and more, the list is practically endless, require starkly different skill sets and mindsets than those needed a century or even a decade ago. It also means people will be living longer or more likely to work more than two jobs in their lifetime and will be in more competition for work with the rising world population. For some reason, and this is the main problem, curriculums are stagnant. If you are a parent, your child is being failed by modern education systems which refuse to innovate their methods of teaching. If you are a high school or college or university student, you are not being properly prepared to enter a world which is undergoing constant metamorphosis. Futurists cannot predict the future, let me be clear. The value they create are possible insights into the state of the world in the next 5, 10, 20, and 50 years. With this knowledge and understanding, students can shape their careers and lives in a much more confident, detailed, and successful manner. Even though they are different, creativity and passion can be coupled together because they achieve the exact same thing. These facets help shape the frameworks of future educational institutions, teaching styles, curriculums, and more. Passion is necessary because leaders need to care about the work they are doing. Duh. Creativity is vital because there is no one-size-fits-all formula for education anymore, or at least there shouldn't be. There have been talks to use AI to understand the individual student, construct a curriculum around them, and go from there. This is one solution, but to reiterate, we need many solutions. Lastly, education is in dire need of a top-down refresh. Everything needs to be changed in order to succeed. Applying more paint on an otherwise crumbly, scratched wall does nothing. In order for the wall to evolve, the entire thing needs to be torn down and replaced with a newer, better version. Analogy aside, old mindsets, ideas, and preferences are corrupting the education system from the inside out. Especially since 2007, the world has been changing quite rapidly. Keeping with the times does not seem to be in the agenda of leaders these days. Gen Z, Gen Alpha, and future generations will not benefit from archaic curriculums and run-of-the-mill teaching styles. Instead, they will be stagnated, confused, and frustrated because they are unprepared to face the needs of their lifetimes. To keep our species moving forward, and to keep our children happy, healthy, and educated, we must diverge from factory education, or Education 1.0, and move towards Education 2.0.